Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 16, 1 through 21, called Bread of Heaven. Numbers 11, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers 11, 1. Now the people, Numbers 11, 1, became like those who complain of adversity in the hearing of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. The people therefore cried out to Moses and Moses prayed to the Lord and the fire died out, Numbers eleven three, And so they named the place, the name of that place was called Taborah, Because the fire of the Lord burned among them. The rabble who were among them had greedy desires. And also the sons of Israel wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we used to eat free in Egypt. Kids ate for free apparently. (laughs) The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, and the onions, and the garlic. Some of them were Italiano. But now... Our appetite is gone. There's nothing at all to look at except, oh, wait for it, this manna. It's not that they were out of food. They just didn't like the menu. Remember the leeks and the onions and the fish? But you were in slavery. Yes, but it was Friday night, free fish night at Pharaoh's kingdom. It was so wonderful. What's wrong with you people? And then you read about the manna. It says, the manna was like coriander seed. Its appearance like that of bdellium, which is something like a resin. The people would go about and gather it, grind it between two millstones. They would beat it in the mortar, boil it. There was definitely options in the pot, make cakes with it. And its taste was the taste of cakes baked with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna would fall with it. Now, I don't know about you, but cake every day sounds like a dream. And to have cake, you get all the essential nutrients. You fathers know this. Your wife goes on that weekend retreat, comes back. What did you feed the kids? Your answer? Cake. Pancakes? Leftover pancakes? By the way, a pancake is still cake, brethren. If you make a muffin, it's still cake batter. If you add blueberries to it, it does make it healthy. So just so you all know, right? Cake every day. What are they whining about? But this is what they did. We're sick. It wasn't that they were out of food. They were just sick of the manna. Sick of it. Sick of the manic out here. <laughs> and so they whined and they complained and they said some very dumb things to the extent that they wished they had never been saved. They wished they had died by the Lord's hand. They romanticized the past, the good old days, and made their present seem more awful than it was. And before we point a bony righteous finger at them, we all do it. 
I, I often, you know, look at my own heart and when the Lord puts us through a season of testing, if you turn back to Exodus, a gentleman came up to me, he's newer to our congregation, and he said, Pastor Michael, I, I just wanted to share something that hit me. He said, during the whole stretch of COVID, it was obviously a difficult time, and he says, I wish I would have seen this in the midst of it, but he said, the Lord has done some beautiful things in my life, and he's working in my family, and I don't think that ever would have happened without this stretch of the COVID stuff. And I know, you know, it's devastated a lot of people, but his point was that it stretched and tested him and he's at a better place now than he would have been. And if you guys remember, it wasn't that long ago that pretty much everything was stripped away from us, right? I mean, we couldn't watch sports. There was, there was nothing. You're not going to restaurants. You know, in, in many stretches, you're not leaving your house. You're not doing anything. And we, we had to do some soul searching, amen, about where we stand with the Lord and what are our priorities and what, you know, what do we invest our time in? And the Lord was testing the people of Israel here and getting them to look at what, what really mattered. But they complained. And they reminisced about their old life. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread, Exodus 16, 4, from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, Exodus 16, 4. What does it say? That I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. Instruction is a form of Torah, God's law. I'm going to rain bread from heaven. This is the first recorded Event where Wonder Bread appeared on the planet. How many of you remember Wonder Bread? Wonder Bread, I'm positive that some of us still haven't digested what we've <laughs> ate in the past. I don't even know what that stuff was made of, but it was apparently a wonder. Anyway, and, but this was the true Wonder Bread. And God was going to do something, and it would last for the next 40 years for Israel, and it was going to come from a place, and this is probably a pretty good representation of what happened. It was going to come down, the source would be heaven, and it would appear every day except for the Sabbath day. For 40 years, God dropped the manna every single day. Manna for today. What was God trying to teach the children of Israel? Here's one of the main things that you got to see. He was teaching them daily dependence on him. Shane preached uh, in Matthew 6, and I was taking notes last week, and I wrote down, I am going to stop worrying about tomorrow today. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I'm not sure how long that lasted, but I wrote it down. I'm going... You know how we make these declarations. I'm going to stop. I'm going to start my diet tomorrow. I will begin that workout regimen tomorrow. And Jesus said, don't you worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough issues. Let me take care of you today and I'll meet you tomorrow. And if, if many of us could get this point we would be free from a lot of things that consume us. I'm not saying you shouldn't plan and all that. I'm just talking about don't get consumed with worrying about all this stuff 
Because all this stuff, most of, of what we worry about never even happens anyway, as we learned. And so the Lord is sending a message. I am your bread. The source is going to be heaven. I want you to look for me. And he stretched and he tested them. And apparently it was just a little time uh, of hunger. And of course they failed the test. To Luke chapter four, let me just show you a quick picture. I've been telling you, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. I've been telling you about the wilderness tradition among scholars and how Jesus retraces the fallen footsteps of Israel to succeed where they failed. And in Luke chapter four, Luke has a version of Jesus's temptation that is really insightful. Jesus has had his own Elam experience where he has been baptized. The heavens open. The father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The spirit of the Lord descends upon him and uh, he's about to begin his public ministry. And so he's baptized identifying with the people as they went through the Red Sea and were baptized into Moses, all of that Elam experience. And then it says this, Luke 4.1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. For 40 days, being tempted by the devil. Remember, Israel uh, wandered in the desert 40 years. Jesus does this 40-day thing. He's tempted by the devil, apparently the whole time. And he ate nothing during those days, repeating the fallen footsteps of Israel. And they certainly didn't go this long. And when they had ended, he became hungry. So it would appear that he was tempted the whole 40 days. We don't know all of what happened there. But then the three famous temptations occur. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones or this stone to become bread. In the Judean wilderness, if you see a picture of it, there's limestone rocks everywhere. And they look, interestingly enough, like little loaves of bread. So Jesus goes around the wilderness, pushed there by the spirit. He's being tempted left and right. And then the devil comes in a moment of weakness. This is what I've noticed in my life. I can come off a, a spiritual high, feel like I'm as close as I've ever been to God, and then kind of my resources deplete, and I can find myself in a place of weakness, and this is when I feel like the enemy often comes to us. And he'll say something like this, and the, reading between the lines, something like this to Jesus. You're, you're the bread of God that came down from heaven. You're, since you're the son of God, why is it that your stomach is grumbling right now? Why have you gone 40 days with no food? You should be in a palace somewhere. Somebody should be waving you with one of those fans and feeding you grapes. Why is it that you're hungry? Why don't you just complain right now? Why don't you just grumble, 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 grumble? And Jesus had every right. And they say, if you go 40 days without food, at some point in a fast that long without food, your body, you will stop being hungry. But at the point that you're about to die is when your hunger actually returns. Jesus physiologically is about to die. That's how desperate his hunger is. His hunger has re-kicked in at the end of the 40 days and the devil comes right then. If you're the son of God, or since you're the son of God, we'll command this stone to turn into bread. Why is your father that's so pleased with you, keeping back food from you? Why don't you just complain and do a miracle and take care of your needs? And Jesus says. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Hey, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak to you if you need prayer or counsel. If you're having a hard time and need someone to talk to, or maybe you don't feel like talking at all, but you could use some prayer, call Walk in Truth on Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Once again, 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. You're the bread of God that came down from heaven. You're the, since you're the Son of God, why is it that your stomach is grumbling right now? Why have you gone 40 days with no food? You should be in a palace somewhere. Somebody should be waving you with one of those fans and feeding you grapes. Why is it that you're hungry? Why don't you just complain right now? Why don't you just grumble, 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 grumble? And Jesus had every right. And they say, if you go 40 days without food... At some point in a fast that long without food, your body, you will stop being hungry. But at the point that you're about to die is when your hunger actually returns. Jesus physiologically is about to die. That's how desperate his hunger is. His hunger has re-kicked in at the end of the 40 days and the devil comes right then. If you're the son of God or since you're the son of God, Well, command this stone to turn into bread. Why is your father that's so pleased with you keeping back food from you? Why don't you just complain and do a miracle and take care of your needs? And Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Matthew's version has it this way. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus responds to the devil with the word of God and says there's a deeper bread, there's a deeper hunger that must be satisfied before the bread of the world. And that's why I've come. And here's a lesson for all of us. In the armor of God, we have something called the sword of the spirit. And it's the word of God. And the word for word there in Ephesians 6.17 is not the word lagos, which is a typical word for word. It's rhema. And here's what it means. It means that when you use the word of God in battle of temptation, the rhema word is a word specific to the temptation to fight it off. So when Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 8, he's essentially, he's countering the devil. What I don't, need his physical bread. I need the bread of God. I need the word of God. And he counters the devil. He doesn't say, uh, let me think of a scripture. Here's the devil. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a good scripture. But for this moment, he actually quotes something very relevant to the moment to counter the attack. This is what you and I need to do. When we feel like maybe, you know, we're not close to God or uh, he's, We feel like he's holding something back or whatever. We've got to stand upon the promise pertinent to the moment. And that's why you need to know your Bible. Amen? That's why you need to be able to counter the attacks of the enemy. Jesus is showing us how to do it. And he succeeds, of course, where Israel failed. And instead of complaining and murmuring, he quotes the word of God. 
And essentially, the message to us is we need to do the same. Back to Exodus 16. And so there's Israel, and they've been complaining, and the Lord doesn't even address the complaint. He still provides, and he does that so many times in our lives, right? We're complaining, and he provides, and we almost sometimes just move on without even giving thanks. And it says, it will come about on the sixth day when they prepare what they bring in. It will be twice as much. Now, they're getting instructions about how to gather the manna as they gather it daily. There's only one day a week where they collect double, And they do that the day before the Sabbath so that they don't have to go out and get the manna that day. They can rest and worship. This is an early institution of a rhythm of the Sabbath day, which we all need to pay attention to. And the test of even how they gathered the manna was something that God was watching more for them to reveal their hearts than for God. They had to pick up the portion that they needed for that day on that day. And God would provide it. They just needed to go and get it. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? That's a little manna humor for you. And Let me say it one more time. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? The manna was there from heaven. But he didn't drop it into their mouths. And your Bible will not fly off your nightstand drop onto your noggin and via osmosis enter in. You actually have to make a move. You've got to go and get what God has dropped down. And here's how you do it. You open the word of God. Read the proverb that matches the day of the month. Read the psalm that matches the day of the month. Do something. Get some manna today. Amen. Get it into you, man. You need it more than you think you do. And if you don't do it pretty early in the day and get into the word of God, you know what ends up happening? You get in your car, you get on the freeway, you start living, and you're grumble, 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 grumble. And we're like, what's wrong with you? Well, no manna today, huh? <laughs> Tell me to read my Bible. We are called to ingest what God has dropped. The Bible has come to us literally from heaven. And we are called to open it and let it feed our souls. And I won't go over all the statistics with you about the sad commentaries in the evangelical world about Bible knowledge and Bible reading and And there's many different ways to get it. You can listen to it. You can listen to sermons. You can put on that audio Bible. You you can multitask. You can, there's a number of ways to hear the word of God and read the word of God. Even one verse is better than no verses. Well, we need it. And so Moses and Aaron said to the sons of Israel, at evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord. For he hears your grumblings against the Lord. And what are we that you grumble against us? Tough gig leadership can be. (laughs) Why are you complaining against us? What do you want me to do? You ever had your kids complain to you or somebody? What do you want me to do about it? (laughs) Right? Can I fix it for you? 
So get this. Harvard University was founded in 1636. Its stated purpose was to train literate clergy. Among its mottos were Veritas Christo et Ecclesi, truth of Christ and the church, and in Christum Glorium, to the glory of Christ. Now Harvard has hired an atheist as its chief chaplain. And no, this is not a joke. You've been listening to Bread of Heaven, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 21. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with questions you may have from today's teaching, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Again, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe you would say, I would love to have scripture at the ready to counter all attacks, but I don't know my Bible well enough or... I don't remember scripture addresses like some people do. (laughs) What do I do then? (laughs) Well, you know what? You can quote the essence of a verse without necessarily having to say Romans 7 verse 3, you know, or something like that. You can quote the essence of the verse by standing on a promise in a moment of temptation, like I know God loves me or uh, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm just going to worship right now. And you can capture the essence of verses by uh, quoting their essence. However, I would say quoting them verbatim is very important. Uh, that's what Jesus did. And if you find yourself lacking in scriptural knowledge, there's one remedy to that. <laughs> you know what it is? <laughs> it's get to know your Bible more. Maybe that would be the best motivator so that you can be equipped to give an answer to respond to temptation with the right scripture. And I will tell you, it's a process, so don't, you know, uh, put a trip on yourself, but maybe just try to memorize a verse a week. That's very doable. We all have kind of silly jingles in our head that are <laughs> don't do us much good. So we can certainly remember some Bible verses. We just have to maybe put a little bit more of effort into it If we can help you in any way with that, you can reach out to us at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to the Book of Exodus right here on Walk in Truth. And we have a very special event coming up at Living Truth Christian Fellowship where I serve as senior pastor. This is an apologetics uh, morning and evening with a very special guest speaker, Scott Klusendorf who's one of the leading authorities on the issues of abortion and life and does a great job really uh, getting down to reason and reasonable answers, thought through answers from scripture, of course, but also just from logic, Um, you know, kind of unmasking what is the truth that science says about what the unborn actually is and how do you get there with a friend or a coworker from point A to point B that you can give a well-reasoned argument but you can also do it 
with gentleness and respect. Well, Scott does a great job. He's going to be here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. February the 5th, both morning services, the message in his image, a case for life in a post-Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade world. And coming back for our 633 evening service, doing some Q&A and additional training where he'll interact with your questions and um, whatever you may be struggling with on the topic. That's happening on February 5th at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Now, if you have a home church, and I hope you do, uh, maybe you'll come out for the evening service. I will encourage you to do so because this is one of the leading experts on this topic. We'd love to meet you. I'd love to meet you if you're a radio listener. Mark your calendar February 5th for a special day and evening with Scott Klusendorf on the issue of life. You can find out more when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab, walkintruth.com and click on the church tab. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for praying for us. And we'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. God bless. And don't forget, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month, or you can give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 16, 1 through 21, called Bread of Heaven. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.